0: Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.
1: When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get five cents off every gallon of gas every time at BP or Amoco stations. That means more savings and more whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So treat yourself—it's on us. Visit bp.com/save to learn
2: more.
0: And welcome to the X Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And you're watching us on the X Zone TV channel on Simul TV and listening to us around the world on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Mutual Broadcast Network, the Exxon Broadcast Network, and, of course, Talkstar Radio Network. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at TV.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you, 24-7, 365, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for our programming schedule on the Exxon TV channel, go to simultv.com. My guest this hour, Exone Nation, is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on before. His name is Dan Baldwin. But tonight we're talking to Dan about his new book entitled Psychic Detective Guidebook. And uh, Dan's website is danbaldwin.biz. And Dan, welcome back to the Exxon.
1: It's good to be back. Delightful to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, you and I were talking before we went to air, and it was—it's—it's yeah. it's a very cold, 103 in in Mesa, Arizona. Uh,
1: Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, it, it's down to 103.
0: So does that mean you turn the heaters on tonight and you put yeah, on it, your it's woolly jacks? Yeah,
1: sweater weather. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? i i am starting to sweat just thinking of 103. <laughs> but then yeah,
1: once it hits about 108, it—it just—it's hot.
0: You were telling me yesterday or the day before it was up to 113?
1: Yeah, yeah yesterday we hit 100, 112 yesterday. Oh, my
0: good God. Yeah. And uh, is this natural uh, weather for, for Arizona, or is this the non-existent thing called climate control?
1: It's a uh, it's non-existent thing called climate yeah. control. It's, uh, it happens, uh, well, let's see, every summer it gets mm-hmm. hot. It's amazing.
0: But this summer is a little extra hot?
1: Not really. Uh, 20 years ago when we moved in, it, uh, the day we moved in our, our house, the day we moved the heavy furniture, it got up to 122.
0: Whoa! and where did, so. you, move, where did you move to Arizona from?
1: Yeah, we were uh, born, my wife and I were born and raised in uh, northwest Louisiana. Oh. So we moved from the swamp to the desert.
0: Well, no happy medium with you, is there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Dan,
0: tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners who weren't with us last time you uh, joined us.
1: Yeah, well, basically, uh, I am a uh, self-employed writer, full-time mm-hmm. writer. Uh have about sixty books to my credit that have been published. Uh, Fifty of them have somebody else's name on the cover. Uh, I'm uh, what they call a ghost writer. Right. But I've also got about uh, ten or twelve books uh, that are novels or short story collections to my name. And recently, uh, I've gotten involved in this. You know, as you know, this paranormal thing. So right. I'm getting, I've gotten. Uh, Let's see, I have uh, six books on the paranormal out now, nonfiction works.
0: Wow. Uh, what, what is your favorite aspect in the paranormal?
1: My favorite aspect is uh, kind of like uh, in, my, in my ghostwriting. A- everything is new. Every day is a new adventure. Every day is a new excitement. Every day you learn something new about right. the paranormal.
0: And, and what got you interested in the paranormal?
1: I've got to credit my friends uh, and co-authors Dwight and Ronda Hull from uh, Southern Arizona. Right. Yeah, we uh you've interviewed them before, mm-hmm. but on our book, uh, you know, speaking with spirits of the old Southwest. Right. Uh they got me inter- interested in going down and exploring, you know, ghost towns and haunted houses and places like that. And I really uh basically got infected with it. I mean, I I love doing that. And uh out of that you was know, came that book. And uh that's that's kind of where my uh, my my psychic career is now trending towards more paranormal research. So and but as I said earlier before uh, before the program, yeah, I've got like fifteen or so years of psychic uh, detecting mm-hmm. behind me. So I thought uh, I'm not really leaving that that field, but I'm moving into another area. I I thought I would put that experience to use and uh, put it in the book and leave it behind. So maybe I can help somebody else who's interested in becoming a psychic detecting detective.
2: What?
0: how old were you when you first discovered that you had the gift of being a psychic
1: really uh i am a self-described psychic on training wheels i came to it rather (laughs) late in life a true story i mean i I came to it about uh i guess the realization hit when i was about 50 years old i'm Mm -hmm. 68 now but you know looking back i can see that uh, you know there are there are episodes all the way through my life that i just didn't recognize And I became aware of it at about Mm -hmm. age 50.
0: Wow. What was it like the first time you realized that you were a psychic in training and that you had to get yourself some training wheels?
1: Really, when uh, I was working uh, uh, missing missing kid cases by myself, I Mm -hmm. I just felt drawn to do that. That's what brought me into it. And I got to meet several psychics who were also doing the same thing, and we would meet and discuss a case and, and things like that. And the other psychics are the actually the, the ones who told me, you know, Dan, you need to really start doing this seriously. Uh, you know, like the rest of us, you have a gift, you need to put it to use. So, really, that was kind of my first validation that, yeah, maybe there is something to this. Maybe, maybe I'm one of the ones that can do it.
0: When you were growing up in Louisiana, did you ever experience the psychic phenomenon? And, and when you did, what did you do about it?
1: Oh well, as a kid, and I did nothing about it. As a huh. kid, I would say, uh, you know, I would tell my mother, "Hey, my uh, my aunt is about to phone, about mm-hmm. to call you," and then the phone would ring, and it would be my aunt, or I would say something like, uh, "You know, the postman is about to arrive. He's got a package for you." Yeah. You uh, know, you know, five minutes later, the postman would arrive with a package. That you know, that sort of thing, and I really n- never thought about it.
0: Well the same thing happened to me when I was a kid I was walking we lived in Chambly and uh, to get to the home from the highway where the bus let you off it was about a mile and a half walk and you it was beautiful it was right beside a river and you know it was the best place in the world for a kid to grow up in the winter, oh, we, yeah. had, we had, uh, you know, uh, skating rinks on the river. We had the riverbanks for tobogganing. In the summertime, it was fishing. It was just great. But this one day, I'm walking home and uh, past a couple of the neighbors. And I get home, and my mom says, so, how are you today? I said, fine. I said, by the way, Mrs. Bracken's pregnant. And my mother just looked at me, and she said, what? I said, Mrs. <laughs> Bracken is pregnant. Now, Mrs. Bracken was not married. Oops. Yeah. Her husband, she and her husband had been divorced. She already had about six or seven kids. And my mother said, I'm going to call up Pat right now. And if you're lying, I'm going to give you a smack in the face. <laughs> well, my mother gets a hold of Pat on the phone and I'm standing there saying, oh, I'm going to get a hitting. I'm going to get a beating. And, uh, you know, my mother asked Pat if she was pregnant. And Pat said, of course not, Lottie. You know, come on. Anyway, to make a long story short, it was about six, seven months later when Mrs. Bracking gave birth, and um, ever since that time, I got that hit for telling the truth. I blocked it.
1: Yeah, I did, uh, I yeah. did too. I, I wish at the time someone had told me, hey, you know, Dan, you've got a little gift here. You've yeah. really got to start developing it. But, ba- you know, back then, you know, I was in the 50s, 50s and early 60s. Wow. You just, hello?
0: Yeah, I'm still here, right? I'm still here.
1: Okay, yeah. Just, uh, you know, that was something that uh, just wasn't discussed. Yeah, and it wasn't, really wasn't encouraged.
0: That's right. And yet, you know, later on in life, during my during my uh, years as a police officer, whether it was in patrol or on criminal investigations, that gift came in very handy. And I think a lot of cops have it because we, you know, we talk about that gut feeling we got because nobody well, yeah, wanted that, to. Well,
1: in fact... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no.
0: no. You know, because no, nobody wants to... That just
1: happened to me the other day. I was making a presentation. Again, I went back to Louisiana. Right. I was making a presentation to a club, mm-hmm. and there was a policeman there, and he was a skeptic. I, yeah, I asked him directly. He said, uh, do you believe in psychic phenomena? He said, no. Yeah. I said, do you believe in cop instinct? He said, well, yeah, obviously. No difference. Yeah. I said, That's, uh, well, I said, you know, you are a practitioner of psychic ability. You've yeah. got it. You just call it cop instinct. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way.
0: Well, you and I are going to be talking this hour about your new book. It's called Detect, uh, Psychic Detective Guidebook. And I'm anxious to hear what you have to say because I know that you've worked on, on law enforcement cases. And uh, you know what? I, my hat is off to you because I, I know that you're a person who is doing what you're doing to help other people. And in today's world, that, my friend, along with your psychic ability, is a true gift. So thank, thank you, you for doing what you're doing. Stand by, Dan. You and I have to take our first break. And Exonation, Dan Baldwin is my special guest for this hour. His website is danbaldwin.biz. We're going to be talking to Dan about his new book, Psychic Detective Guidebook. Now, this is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, it's ExonRadioTV.com exxon on all social media sites. Exxon Radio TV. And um, of course, to find out what's on the air on the Exxon Broadcast Network 24-7-365 with our compliments, www.xzbn.net. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon TV channel and the great programming we have there, www.simultv.com. Dan Baldwin is my guest. I am Rob McConnell. We'll return. Don't go away. So Nation, Dan Baldwin is my special guest this hour. His website is danbaldwin.biz. And for all Dan's books, you can visit um, fournightspress.com. And by the way, I, I love their logo. I guess we can call it a logo or their mission statement. I believe that if life gives you lemons, you should make lemonade. And try to find somebody whose life has given them vodka and have a party. <laughs> oh, you've got a lot you know. I love it. I love it. Okay, Dan, tell us about your new book that we're going to be talking about, uh, the Psychic Detective Guidebook. What inspired you to write this book?
1: Well, again, uh, as as I'm moving into this other paranormal Mm -hmm. investigation field, it occurred to me that I do have more than 15 years' experience, you know, real world out there uh, on the streets, psychic detecting. Right. And that's a lot of information. And I thought there are a lot of people out there who probably – Want to be psychic mm-hmm. detectives, or at least are interested in how that really works. And I said, Well, I can put all this information in a book and mm-hmm. it will be there for people to, uh, to read from, uh, from now on. So I put in there, you know, uh, a case studies of uh, true psychic detecting. I've interviewed some of the, the, the best, I mean, the finest practicing psychic detectives in the world uh, on an international level. And then my own experiences and my own, uh, you know, basically how to steps to become a psychic detective. Detective. So,
0: who have you interviewed that are internationally acclaimed psychic detectives?
1: Okay, well, uh, again, uh, my friend uh, Rhonda ho will yeah. be one. He is a gifted intuitive. But also uh, Chris Robinson, the famous dream detective. Uh, Patricia Mona from up there in, in Canada, by the way, a very gifted psychic up there. Glenda Newton is one. A good friend of mine over here, uh, Dwayne Brock. Uh, I've got a body language expert, Renata Mosso, from over here in the Phoenix area. Just to uh, try to, to spread it around a lot, so that I can get a lot of different people with a lot of different perspectives and who have a lot of different gifts.
0: Oh, all right, you you interview all these different uh, psychics, and, and what do they? How do they contribute to to your book, uh, Psychic Detective Guidebook? Do they give Do they give ideas on how to become a psychic detective or how to Enhance your psychic and your psychic ability so that you can become a psychic detective.
1: Right, exactly. Um, okay. What I wanted to do was I sent each one of them a uh, a, a very short list of questions, mm-hmm. and I said, "Fill this out and answer it, whatever you want, whatever way you wanted to to uh, to answer it." And then I did not edit it, their answers whatsoever, so you get the uh, you know the undiluted perspective of each individual. Yeah, but Any they, questions there would would include like you know what advice mm-hmm. would you give to someone on developing your skills? What advice would you give to someone who is uh, looking to become a psychic detective? Um, and then ask them to tell a successful or even an unsuccessful unsuccess- case story. Well, but the idea is to uh, undiluted give mm-hmm. the reader real world experience in uh, experiences of real world psychics, what it's really like.
0: Okay, so what were some of the some of the aha moments that you had while you were putting this book together with all the information that these psychics had supplied you?
1: I really didn't have an aha moment where anything new came mm-hmm. up because, uh, yeah, like I said, I've been doing it for more than 15 years, right. and I know all these people. I've known them for most of those 15 years. Mm-hmm. So there, there wasn't any real surprise. So I, why... just, I was just delighted and honored that they would agree to be part of my book.
0: So why do the book if... You knew everything that they were going to say. Why not write the book yourself?
1: I wanted, uh, I wanted the, uh, the reader to have the perspective of different people practicing mm-hmm. different skills skills from different parts of the world. I didn't just want it to be, uh, you know, this is the way Dan says it is, and that's the way it is.
0: Right. How much variance is there in the techniques used by the different psychics?
1: Oh, Lord, it, yeah, it crosses the board. Like I said, Renata is a body language expert. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris is a uh, a dreamer. He will go to sleep with a problem on his mind, and he will dream about it, and then he'll wake up, and he'll record the dream, and the symbols in his dream uh, will you know, relate to specific things. Uh, my friend Dwayne Brock is a very good pendulum dowser.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, yeah, you got the, you got the full range of skills there.
0: But how does being a psychic detective work with somebody who is using a pendulum dowsing or dream interpretation where does this fit into psychic phenomena
1: well that i mean that is psychic phenomena itself and you're just using your skill to uh, answer questions like with the pendulum Mm -hmm. i will ask uh, yes or no questions right uh you know is for example you get a, a a missing person case i will ask right off the bat is this missing person physically alive i get a yes or a no and then I will try to locate, say, the missing person. You know, is this missing person in the United States? Is this missing person in uh, Arizona? Is this missing person in Maricopa County? Is this missing person in the city of Phoenix? You know, mm-hmm. kind of a, a yes or no uh, series of questions so that you narrow the box of uh information around whatever you're looking to you get a, a final answer
0: and when it comes to psychic detective work whether it's uh... Yeah. the old psychic uh, way that people can usually associate a psychic or or dowsing or dream interpretation body language what is the success rate when it comes to the accuracy of the answers that they supply
1: yeah that would i would say probably eighty percent would be a a a uh, a good benchmark
0: well, that's pretty good
1: and yeah but then again you know it, it varies case mm-hmm. by case like uh, for example you know i will have times when i am like 100 percent right on the money i mean mm-hmm. i will say the missing person is uh at this place and they'll find him within 300 feet other times i will be like uh, oh you know hundreds or thousands of miles off wow. off base it just depends on the the situation psychics like everybody else have on days and off days
0: I was just going to say that you people are human as well, and everybody has on days or off days.
1: Yeah, I, a psychic with a head cold is not going to be is not going to be as good as a psychic that's in good health.
0: Well, a psychic with a head cold should find another psychic who who has a uh, a life that has given them vodka and party on. <laughs> <Yeah. coughs>
1: Excuse me. No problem. Yeah, one thing about being a psychic detective, mm-hmm. uh, it's like anything else. Uh, it, you know, if, if you drink or do drugs or something yep. like that, it's going, to, it's going to affect you. The same thing, uh, you know, if you have a fight with your spouse or you have a fight with your boss or mm-hmm. if you stub your toe, it's going to affect your reading just because you're a human being.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah. That's why if, if it's a really important case, and most mm-hmm. of them are, I try to do at least three readings over at least three separate days just because of that factor.
0: The fact that psychics are humans and mm-hmm. Lord knows we're not perfect, does the... Does the environment also affect the the psychic readings, for example cell towers, the weather uh anything that is out of the control of the psychic does this affect your your ability and your accuracy
1: I would say only in the sense that it would affect your uh your, your focus as if you were reading a book or okay. doing study in other words, if you've got a violent lightning storm outside that's mm-hmm. going to draw your attention away from whatever you're doing okay yeah, whether it's a uh you know, psychic work or, or studying your homework or doing a re- mm-hmm. report for the boss. If yeah. there's a car wreck that suddenly happens outside, that's going to draw your focus away.
0: The, the, um, the information that you gather from the person who is missing, is, is it well, like that they're using their, their, their brain or their, their unknown abilities to send out uh, an SOS beacon that they are unaware of, that they're, that they're actually sending out and you as a psychic detective, have the ability to pick up that that signal and home in on it?
1: I do not have that gift. I have met a couple of people who, who say that they do have mm-hmm. that gift. In other words, I can tell that you know, a missing person is.
0: Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? Nah, not. Nah. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father, kind of spangles going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday.
2: Rated PG
1: over on the other side of the ridge or something like that, but right. I do not have that gift. Uh, one of the things that uh, the, you know, your, your, your listeners and viewers should be aware of, psychic detectives generally get called in as kind of a last resort. Yeah. In other words, it's like, well, we've tried everything else. We may as well give the psychics a shot. Mm-hmm. Well, by that time, if it's a missing person case, chances are the missing person is, is already uh, deceased, so there's nobody there to give out a distress signal.
0: In your opinion, who gives out a louder distress signal, so to speak? Is it a child, a teen, an adult, or a senior? Or is the signal all the same?
1: I would say, uh, again, this is not from personal experience, mm-hmm. but from talking with people, the the strength of the signal actually depends upon the uh, the energy behind it. So it doesn't matter whether it's an old person or a young right. person or a middle-aged person. It's the, the power of the fear or, or whatever that that, uh, that powers that you know, distress signal more than anything else.
0: How many missing persons, or how many uh, cases have you worked with, with law enforcement?
1: Oh, good Lord, I don't know, it, it would be in the hundreds.
0: Wow. Is, is well, you're the... talking
1: 15 years, so you know, one or two or three cases a month for 15 years, it adds up.
0: My, that many cases a month? Yeah. Do the law enforcement officers come to you or do you volunteer your services?
1: It it depends. Generally, um, they will come to us, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it'll be a family member who, who will come to us, the psychics, and in those cases, I recommend that you work, if you accept the case, work directly with the uh, the local authorities or whoever the authority is on that case. Right. But yeah, we've worked with uh, our local police, local sheriff's department. We've worked with the FBI. We've worked with, you know, the Forest Service. Uh, we've worked with... Uh, Gendarmes who worked with uh, Cabaneri, whatever they call them over in Italy. Right. Uh, all it, right.
0: All right. Stand by, Dan. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Our exonation, okay. Dan Baldwin, is our guest. www.danbaldwin.biz, and for all Dan's book, you can visit his publisher's website, press, and that's F O U R Nights K N I G H T S Press. Dot com. And Dan and I will return on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues right here on Simul TV and the Exxon Broadcast Network. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> Dan Baldwin is our guest. www.danbaldwin.biz. Dan, tell us about the most memorable case that you have worked on as a psychic detective.
1: Most memorable. Yes, sir. That would be a toughie. Um, one would be, I guess, the. Uh, I'm trying to think what would be the most most fascinating for you readers. Possibly the. Uh, I'm trying to remember what would be best.
0: Well, just give us one that from the top of your head.
1: Okay, well, one of the best, I guess, would be a case we worked up in um, uh, the, the Muggy on Rim area of uh, Arizona. We had a guy who went missing, mm-hmm. and he was an avid camper. He had a four-wheel drive. He was an avid, avid camper, a hiker. And his family knew that there was something wrong, but they only knew that he would be in Arizona or New Mexico or Utah or possibly uh, Colorado. So several of us got the got the. We're working on this case together, and each of us got really at that time just a piece of the puzzle. Uh, one person got the fact that the person was missing, uh, had stopped off at a small general store run by a little old man, and he had bought some camping supplies. That's all she got. Another person just got the number 260. That's all she got. Another person got that, uh, uh, this is uh, one of, uh, someone I knew in Australia, she got a, a vivid, vivid impression of the, the, the place where the guy was camping. She described it, <clears throat> what turned out to be a perfect description of, uh, of the site. She said he was camped uh, near, near a dirt road, near a lake. There were some structures like corrals around him. It was a proper camping area. He was in a tent and there were red stripes around the tree. She did not know what the red stripes were. Um, again, that was a perfect description of the location, but that, that description fit hundreds or thousands of locations you yeah. know, in those four states. You know, dirt road, trees, lake, sure. that sort of thing. You know, it's a perfect description, but there's it's absolutely no help whatsoever until you get to that location. Uh, I did my pendulum dowsing, and I got out my topological maps, and I, I dowsed a specific road you know, after you know half a day at work, but I said, uh, if you follow this this particular road, it was a forest road, and you go to X spot, there was like you know a, a, there was some kind of marker there, like a low water bridge. I said he will be within one mile of, uh, north of that spot, fifty yards off the uh, off the road. So if you go to that spot, walk fifty yards into the woods and go north, you'll find him within fifteen minutes. So the the family got this information they dashed up that area and they were on that road and uh they met a guy coming out and they told him i showed him the the missing person folder and everything that they had he said oh yeah they found him this morning uh unfortunately he had committed suicide
2: oh
1: yeah and uh so they went to the site Mm -hmm. and it was uh exactly as the lady had described it it was uh Oh, the, 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 it was a, a tent, you know, had the, the clouds there, had the lake there, had the dirt road there. The red striping was painted, sprayed on by the uh, Forest Service, they were, were going to thin out the trees. They had stopped at a little roadside stand, and uh, the guy had stopped there to buy some groceries from a little old man. Uh, the road that I I had doused was off Highway number 260, and uh, when they got to the spot, he was 50 yards off the, directly off the road where I had doused that he was, where he was located.
0: Amazing.
2: Yeah,
1: interesting thing about that is uh, when I did my uh, initial dowsing work mm-hmm. I got that he was physically alive but in extreme danger. So I think when I began my work I had made contact uh, probably within minutes of the time that he had shot himself because I got he was definitely in a in a life or death situation but that he was he was physically alive.
0: Is there a difference between the work that you do with the other psychics for example in this case you had somebody in an australia and you had other psychics working with you around the united states is a little bit of this psychic and is the or is this a little bit of what is known as remote viewing or are they in your opinion one in the same
1: i think they're one in the same i've, I've toyed with remote viewing mm-hmm. uh, but i'm not a, i haven't practiced it but there's definitely something to that i think that's another psychic ability uh, I like I like to do dowsing because I can get more specific answers. Again, you could remote view, and mm-hmm. I could have drawn that. For example, the, I'm making this up, but say I had drawn that location where we where we found the the, the suicide. I could have drawn a perfect uh, description of the site, but you still wouldn't know where the site was.
0: Now, when you, so I
1: prefer yeah, I prefer the pendulum because I can say you know is he on this road, this road, this road, or this road, and get a yes or no answer.
0: But when you're doing this asking these uh, questions to the pendulum do you yeah. have a map in front of you do you, how do you narrow it in
1: Yeah okay um sometimes I use a map it depends on the situation mostly I ask yes or no questions
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and you're not really asking the pendulum you're allowing the, the pendulum is something that distracts your conscious mind that allows your subconscious mind to address the higher power and you can define that higher power however you want to but that's how you work it you're getting the answer from a higher power and i can sit down and just ask a list of yes or no questions and like in this situation you know i, I did is yes or no is he in arizona got a yes is he in northern arizona got a yes is he you know so and is he the east of payson arizona got a yes at that point i can get out a map a topological map and start, you know, honing in on it, you know, is he north of this road, is he west of this road, is he north of this bridge, that sort of thing.
0: Wouldn't the pendulum also have the ability to, if you're holding it over a map, to kind of position itself over the area where the person is?
1: Yeah, you can do that. In fact, you can take a uh, you could take a ruler mm-hmm. and, you know, just say, uh, address the uh, the higher, higher consciousness and say, you know, uh, Give me a yes movement when I'm on the east-west, you know, east-west latitude. And when you get a yes, you draw a line. And you can do it the other way. Give me a yes when I uh, am crossing the, uh, the north-south line. When you get a yes from your pendulum, you can draw a, a, a downward line, and all of a sudden, X marks the spot. Yeah. There, there it is.
0: When you're working, once again, with all the different psychics that you worked with on this case, does this amplify the collective's psychic ability?
1: I I really don't think so, and then that's just my personal opinion, because we're all working separately. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a psychic detective and you're working with a group, which I recommend, uh, I recommend that you work separately and then compare notes, because if you work together at first, you're probably going to influence somebody else. How so? Well, in other words, say say I'm a beginning psychic, and I'm working with a very experienced psychic either one of us may be equally right equally wrong but if i'm the young guy and this this uh, more experienced person gets an answer i'm going to be intimidated and, I, and that may shade my answer may may shade my reading so i advise do your reading by yourself get get all that done and then if you want to go ahead and compare notes and see where you, what see what you come up with
0: you are saying that the answers come from the higher power how would you describe yeah. that who is the higher power what is the higher power is this the Akashic Records? Is this the spiritual realm? How do you describe it to people who are not psychics or who are, for the first time, listening in saying, what's the higher power?
1: Yeah, I uh, when I do my pendulum classes, I don't like to get involved in discussions of religion. Mm-hmm. So I define the power, higher power as a great, big, nice, pink, soft something in the sky. Why pink? Uh, it's a pretty soft color.
0: Oh, I guess so, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't want to get involved in, uh, if I, when I'm teaching a class, I don't mm-hmm. want to get involved in a religious discussion, because that takes us away. But you would, uh, you know, define it however you want to. God, the Akashic record, right. the universe. Uh, yeah, I just don't get into that.
0: How long do your courses take, and uh, what's involved?
1: Oh, generally, I, you know, like the local library will call up and say, hey, can you do a course? So I'll do about an hour. An hour course and i just kind of do a, a basically a demonstration mm-hmm. and then ask questions
0: so yeah, the,
1: the the pendulum work is, is very simple it, it's time consuming and at times arduous but the process is, is extremely simple
0: what is the pendulum made of is it a piece of uh like a gold chain or a silver chain with a crystal at the bottom
1: it doesn't matter for i give you an example we were doing a flight uh, run and i were doing a search down in a ghost town uh, actually, a cemetery of a ghost town mm-hmm. down in uh, near Tombstone, Arizona, a place called uh, the Cortland cemetery and I forgot my pendulum for some reason I had just left it, so uh, we stepped out I stepped out of my truck, stepped back in, cut a shoe string from an old pair of shoes, picked up a rock on the floor, tied a string around the rock, and that was my pendulum
0: Wow, and it worked
1: yeah there, there's nothing there, there's nothing whatsoever magic about the pendulum it's just a weight on the string, and uh, what that weight is is totally irrelevant.
0: But if it's not magic, what is it?
1: Again, it's just a way, it's a it's an instrument. It's a way of uh connecting with that higher power. All psychic work is connecting with a higher power of some kind. And this is for me this is just the best most effective way of uh connecting with that higher power.
0: In your opinion? I would like to be able
1: to do it, you know, w- w- without the pendulum, but that those are my training wheels right now.
0: Gotcha. That's and uh we're, we've got to take a break very shortly, but yeah. in your in your opinion, can anyone learn how to be a, a pendulum dowser?
2: Yes.
1: It's, like I said, the, the process is extremely simple. Uh, the discipline is hard. The discipline is very hard, but the process itself, you can pick up in no time.
0: All right. Stand by, Dan. You and I have to take our final break for the Sour explanation. Dan Baldwin is our guest. www.danbaldwin.biz is his website. And to find out where you or where you can go to buy Dan's books, www.4nightspress.com. This is the X I am Rob McConnell, Dan Baldwin, and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments each and every month. Brand new, minimum 92 pages to read online or download at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Dan Baldwin is my special guest this hour, exonation www.danbaldwin.biz and his publisher, where you can buy Dan's books, www.fournightspress.com. And Dan, there was another website you'd like to uh, let our listeners know about it.
1: Yeah, if if your uh, folks would like to follow our psychic adventures, Dwight Ronda and I have a site, uh, www.believeparanormal.com. And that's Billy spelled with two E's, B-E-E-L-I-E-V-E.
0: Now, you also have a book that teaches people how to douse, am I correct?
1: Yeah, if people are interested in in, in learning how to douse, my book is called The Practical Pendulum. And it's a very basic how-to guide on uh, how, to, how to do the practical pendulum. And uh, I touched briefly on the metaphysical aspects of it, but really it's it uh, covers just the basics of it. Yeah, this is this is what it is. This is how you do it. This is what to watch out for. That sort of thing.
0: What's the difference between the dowsing that you do and the dowsing that we're all familiar with from watching Western movies, when you've got the dowser <laughs> who comes in with a Y-shaped uh, branch or twig and goes out into the field, and all of a sudden you see them shaking the, you know, the uh, the uh, w- the long yeah, the
2: witching
1: stick. Yeah,
0: it goes down. Yeah, they
1: call it the witching stick. Yeah, there's no difference whatsoever, uh, except for the fact that you're using a different tool. That's it's it. the same, uh, Mentally and psychically, it's the same process, whether you're using a dowser, a, dowser, a rod, a dowsing rod, the L-rods is what they call them, or a witching stick, or a pendulum. It's, it's the same basic psychic process. You're just using a different tool.
0: For those listeners who weren't with us the last time you were with us, and um, we were talking about uh, the work that you did in the old western towns, can you share a couple yeah. of stories with us?
1: Oh, God, that uh, this is one of the reasons that it's so fascinating. It's really, I'm I'm drawn to this, is that uh, Dwight Ronda and I uh, mm-hmm. are really Old West fanatics. And we, uh, we believe that one of the best ways to study what actually happened in the Old West is to interview the people who lived there at the time.
2: That makes sense. So we go
1: out to ghost towns or ghost ranches or abandoned mines mm-hmm. and try to make contact with the spirits that are out there and basically do research.
0: How willing are the spirits to uh, to sharing their past or their lives with you?
1: Uh, very willing, and I think that's due to our attitude. We go out, uh, we're very respectful. We don't challenge anybody. We don't mm-hmm. confront anybody. We go in, uh, our, our, our approach is, if you're going into a haunted house, you're still going into a house where somebody lived. You're going into their house, and we go into their house as if we would uh the house of a living person. We ask permission to go in, ask permission to speak with them, and we're very friendly and open. And we seem to be getting an awful lot of responses. And one of the things that that is unique about our book is that we have extended conversations. In other words, we don't just grab a, a, an EVP, electric voice phenomenon, right. and say, hey, we got something. We actually have you know extended conversations with the spirits, and mostly they're very willing to talk.
0: I would imagine that the spirits who are willing to talk do not get the opportunity very often because I'm sure that when other groups or other researchers go in who love to tantalize and who love to challenge and why this is done I have no idea except for the sensationalism that people thrive these days they they shun away so when when they have the opportunity of speaking to somebody like yourself and, and your two colleagues they welcome the, chance, the, the, the ability to, to share their life. Do, do any of them ever question as to why they're still there if they're dead?
1: No, uh, we ask them the same question. And uh, one of the things we are learning, and again, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we are not experts at this thing. We are students. We learn right. something new every time we go out. But one of the things we are finding is that once you cross over, you have an awful lot of options. And some of those options include coming back over to this side. And the reason for coming over to this side are really varied. We're finding people who come back over to uh, relive a a very happy experience or just to come back over and uh, relive a peaceful experience. A lot of people come back over to help people who are trapped on this side to go ahead and cross over.
0: Could it be, then, that what we call guardian angels are actually guardian spirits?
1: That could be. could very well be.
0: Who are, Have you come across any famous uh, people that we might know from history in your investigations into the Old West?
1: Yeah, um, very rarely. Mostly we run into to, you know, folks, yeah. just, just folks. But we ran into, uh, I guess, one of our favorites would be Maddie Earp. Wow. Celia Ann Blaylock, the common law wife of Wyatt Earp. We have spoken with her several times, and uh, we kind of consider her an unofficial member of the team. What is but she Maddie has mm-hmm. I'm sorry Maddie has taught us an awful lot about, uh, about uh, the old West and about her life. She had an extremely tragic life.:
0: What's it like being involved with history at such an unusual level?
1: it's It's fascinating. Uh, one, you, you learn a lot, also at times it, it can be extremely emotional. We have helped people cross over. From this side to the other side with the help of spirits so you know like dwight Ronda and i will be working to to free a spirit mm-hmm. with the help of someone who's come back over to help that spirit cross over it can be uh, extremely emotional
0: has there ever been a time when you've actually seen a, a full-bodied apparition or experienced um a, a touch a whisper um, a feeling a scent uh, when when communicating with the spirits of the old west,
1: yeah, and that's something that Dwight and Rhonda are much more gifted at that area than I am. They've been doing it you know, all their lives. Uh, they can actually, yeah, uh, you know, when the energy is there, they can actually mm-hmm. see a spirit or at least an image of a spirit, or they can definitely sense a spirit. And uh, the, all three of us have heard heard a voice, and every once in a while, you'll 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 get a scent or a, or a, a feeling, something like that. But that's, that's more uh, of more their skill than mine. But, but overall, the answer is yes.
0: You are saying that it's very emotional at times, and you've helped spirits cross with yep. the help of other spirits. Can you explain how this happens or, or what you and, and your two friends do in order to accomplish such a wonderful thing?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, a good example... Well, the first time we went out, we didn't know if our our skills would mesh. You know, can intuitives work with Mm -hmm. a dowser? Can we make contact? Is it worth the effort? We went to a place called the Cortland Jail, which is not eh, 14, 15 miles out of Tombstone. It's a a ghost town. We were in the jail, and we recorded this. And we, we realized, you know, we made contact with someone. And this was a man who had killed somebody, and he was afraid to cross over because of he, he was he feared punishment on mm-hmm. the other side so we're you know we're working with the guy and ronda's real good about conversing with spirits to help them cross over and uh, we discovered there was another spirit there right with us and this was the spirit of the person he had killed who had, who had crossed over and basically he had come back to say hey you're forgiven it's there's nothing to be afraid of it's okay to cross over and when we found that that was you know me, Dwight, and Rhonda, and a ghost, a spirit, helping another ghost, another spirit, go into the light, so to speak. And when that happened, it it went like bam. It was like that. And I said, they're gone. And yeah, you know, the three of us just teared up just instantly.
0: Do you feel a do you feel a difference in, in the in the atmosphere? Do you, how do you know the person's gone? I I I know for from experience that. Pet owners, when they, when that the final moments of a pet's time on this side of the veil is over, and the and the spirit or the soul moves on, they smell roses. They feel a difference in the mm-hmm. atmosphere. But when it comes to the spirit crossing, going to the light, how does it feel to you as as one of the people who are making this transition happen? Yeah.
1: Well. Yeah. Again, I'm just speaking from my personal experience. Yes. Of the, course. The, the, the... The very few times that this, that we've we've done this only happened a couple of times,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but uh the emotion was overpoweringly uh oh it teared up, almost bawling, but mm-hmm. in a good sense in a good sense, and it was instantaneous. It wasn't like a you know you're at a, you're at a speech or somebody's funeral or whatever, and it, it builds and builds and builds until you're finally crying. It's right. like bam, and you know there's no way to fake that. That's true. It just it, it just happens, and you know it. I mean, it, when it happens to you, you know something has happened, and something uh, very important has just happened, and you were part of it.
0: So what's next for you and your two friends and your exploits? So where are you going to be going?
1: Well, we've just finished a, uh, a draft of our second book, follow-up book, and we're going to be submitting that to publishers. And then uh, we're looking at exploring more ghost towns, exploring more ghost mines exploring more more haunted areas and uh, try to learn more about uh, the old Southwest from the people who lived it
0: sounds like a plan well as soon as you get that other book out let us know we'll get you back on
1: uh, I will let you know probably with uh, in a very short amount of time
0: that's great hope. You're, always wa- you're always welcome you're always welcomed here Dan
1: hey, I love your show
0: thank you sir let our listeners know your website your publishers website and um, the website that where you do all your blogging so that listeners can go and visit.
1: Okay, the, the blogging, you can go to www.FourNightsPress.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to track us on what we're doing uh, in the psychic world, just uh, www.BelieveParanormal.com. That's Believe with two E's. Right. And you can get our books uh, wherever you order your books. I mean, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever wherever you can order our books. And they're available in ebook and paperback.
0: Dan, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care of yourself, my friend. Keep the great work up, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the X-Zone.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Take care, Dan. x Nation, my guest this hour has been Dan Baldwin. His website is www.danbaldwin.biz. We'll be back on the other side of this break. For those of you who are watching us on the X-Zone TV channel and Simul TV, And also for those of you listening around the world on iHeartRadio, Mutual Broadcast Network, and the Exxon Broadcast Network. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? Nah, no, nah. No. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime! And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father of Spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only oh, theaters this Friday. Ready PG. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. <laughs> it's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? Nah, no, not. <laughs> Michael Sarah It's showtime! And Samuel L. Jackson.
2: What the mother father of Spaniel's going on here? Pause of Fury. Only oh, theaters this Friday. Rated PG.